of people who went against the grain. It was crucial to their future to be in the classroom. We're actually safer as a result of being in school. Courageous Leadership Through Crisis. Live from the Blue Bear Cafe, this is Voices of Courage. Welcome to the Voices of Courage podcast. Today we are meeting with our technology team here in Mount Airy City Schools and we're going to talk about how you can prepare for a crisis. As you guys know, we've talked about going through the pandemic and learning some lessons and we want to help future leaders to be able to prepare for any crisis in advance. So I've got the team here with me today. I'm going to let them introduce themselves, uh, just say their name and basically what they do for the district. We'll start with you, Justin. Okay. Uh, Justin Robertson, Director of Technology. Uh, basically, I handle all the, the connectivity for the district. So infrastructure, servers, wireless, internet, purchasing, uh, everything along those lines. Brittany Branch, I work with digital teaching and learning, so curriculum, instruction, kind of bridging the the gap between teachers and technology. Christina Rakes, and I am the computer technologist. Um, try to help with all devices across the district, um, including iPads, MacBooks, to TVs, to anything that plugs in, basically. And as most leaders know, we could not make it without our technology team. And Justin is thrilled that there are three people on the technology team instead of one, which is kind of where we were for a while. Carrie helped us out for a few years, and now we have a full team uh, of you guys. It's been really helpful. So you guys remember, I know you don't like to think about this, what happened in 2020. In March, we were at home for spring break, and then there was uh, an extended spring break, and the governor said, we're not going to come back to school that spring. Um, we've talked about this before that we, we eventually came back in August of 2020, which was pretty early. But for those six months between when we left in March and when we came back in August, you guys had to do a lot of work. So we'll let Justin kind of talk about how we switched overnight from face-to-face -face learning to remote learning, and we really didn't miss a beat. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, um, my memory actually starts uh, when we were at NC Ties that year. So it's an annual technology conference that we typically go to. And I have this memory of myself and, and Carrie Venable, and I believe Brittany was there as well. Um, and we jumped on a, a, a WebEx with you and the other administrative, the rest of the administrative team back at Central Office talking about, you know, what if scenarios and what we need to do in case this does happen. And by the time we made it back into town and spring break had passed, we had to take this into action. So uh, really we, um, from from the get-go, we basically just told teachers to hand devices to students and, and told them to take them home, which is kind of unheard of before. <laughs> I think you panicked a little bit. I, like, uh, yes. if I remember correctly, yeah. you were like, we're going to do what? Yeah. yeah, exactly. I think we all panicked just a little bit. Um, so we basically just said, hey, look on the back of the Chromebook, write down the tag number, assign it to a student, and let them take it home. Yeah. And uh, from that moment what I, from that moment on, what I focused on myself was protecting these devices off campus, right? So, like, we weren't set up to do any uh, remote um, configurations or filtering at that time, so we had to put in a, a plan of action in place immediately. And so that was what my focus was. In conjunction with our filter engineers and our ISP, uh, I worked with them to make sure that our students could open up these Chromebooks and start using them at home immediately 
and have them filtered and protected from the get-go. Yeah, and I really like the fact that the team still focused on our why, which was the kids. Otherwise, we'd have held on to our devices. We would have taken our time. We would have figured out a plan. But we said, no, we're going to trust the children. We're going to send them home because we need to switch this. How do you, how do you remember yes. that time, Christina? Yes. Uh, it was very um, – there was a lot of moving parts. I remember that. I remember that everyone just kind of jumped into action. I do remember that all the schools really helped us in getting devices out to students. And um, nothing would have worked without Justin. Let me just say that um, <laughs> because we did experience that at the first part. And he was able to jump in there and get everything working um, while they were at home. And I remember having to – we were not one-to-one -one at that time. So I remember having to go school to school, get – devices to take here and take there and um we had actually set up a headquarters at central office where they could bring devices in that were not working and they could get a fresh one that was working so that worked very well um but yeah it was a lot of moving parts though but I feel like everyone jumped in and and really really helped with that Carrie started a spreadsheet for us that teachers could just put on there what was going on they couldn't figure it out so we would jump on there try to help the parents and the students as much as we could and I remember taking devices to homes yeah. you know taking the buses out making sure everybody got what they needed if you think about that it was a pretty massive undertaking and we did it in about three or four days I mean we got everybody a device within like five days which to me means you were really prepared and people didn't really care what their role was they just jumped in mm -hmm. so staying on that point a little bit um did you have a lot of kids stealing devices or destroying devices we trusted them to take them home how did that end up going that summer I thought it went very well honestly for to be the first time for them to ever take devices home yeah I really thought it went well and they would always bring them in if something was wrong or they broke something or yeah um but I, overall I thought it went very well and I think having that um, that device that they're used to using in school already and still having that line of communication with their teacher in their classroom was good for their mental health as well because we were all just trying figuring out as we went along. So it was yeah. Yeah. that was very beneficial. And yeah. I think lesson learned that we talked about later is <coughs> trust your trust your students. Yeah. You had thousands yes. of kids taking devices home and not and the ones that got broken we bring them in apologetic, paying for the cost or saying I didn't realize that I messed this up and it was not a lot if I remember correctly because I remember that fall when we were one-to-one -one, um, we felt pretty comfortable sending those home mm -hmm. so that was just a big leap of faith for us yes. and along with that especially K-5 where we were not one-to-one -one, we had to use tools we had to use new tools to say okay the teacher's going to be in a room by themselves and the kids are all going to be at home <laughs> How do we do this? And I know we networked across uh, not only North Carolina, but really other states because we were coming back before anybody else was. Mm -hmm. So Seesaw, I think, was a big piece of the K2 tool, if you want to talk about that. Or maybe just some – you can use really any platform. We're just saying here are some of the ones that we found pretty quickly, like Seesaw, Schoology, some of those. We had done some work with that and piloted it, but it really took hold, I think, through that time. So, if Brittany, you want to talk to, about that a little bit? Yeah, I think um, something we found that worked really well during that time and is something we have carried with us since coming back face-to-face full-time is consistency with a learning management system. So we use Seesaw K2, Schoology, um, 3rd through 12th grade. Uh, our teachers had been using Schoology to some extent, so there was some comfort there um, for the students and the teachers. 
uh, particularly at the middle school and high school level where they knew how to use it. So that allowed the kids to jump right into their remote learning um, without a whole lot of pause. Um, we had a lot of teachers that were using Seesaw at the K-2 level, um, for the most part for parent communication, but because it also has so many opportunities for student engagement, it was very easy for the students to start um, using it to interact with their teachers. Um, we utilized, obviously, um, we used Google Meet, some teachers use Zoom, but the ability to be able to have that synchronous face-to-face -face instruction I think was really valuable for a lot of students um, who were feeling disconnected. Uh, I know it was really important for our teachers to be able to use those tools, and we still see them use those tools. So learning to, to use that, we have our teachers, you know, using Google Meet or Zoom to connect with um, people in industries or even classrooms in other schools so we've continued to use that we still even see students who have to stay at home for one reason or another zooming in with their class and the teachers are taking the initiative to keep those students engaged so i think just your typical learning loss from regular absences that students used to experience we see less of that because of the learning management systems um, and the consistency with those and then the tools for engagement that we use um, so that the teachers can interact with the students. Yeah, I know some of the feedback from the parents, I believe, was that they were really thrilled that we were synchronous with them for part of the day and then give the students time to work on things um, at home part of the day so we didn't burn them out with eight hours of synchronous. But, you know, I can remember each month we would make adjustments and uh, several folks jumped on there and did little focus groups with parents online to say, how's it going? What can we fix? How can we get this better? And I just think we moved forward in the virtual learning environment much faster than we would have had we not had that challenge. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you always have to think about what are the really good things that came out of it. I mean, Zoom is fantastic. You know, I don't have to drive to Raleigh every week for a meeting. Yeah. Um, being able to jump on there with IEP meetings so parents can get on there and not have to leave work. I mean, yeah. the seesaw for me was where students can have little videos on there and interact with their teacher and say, here's what I'm learning. Watch me draw my letters. Watch me read this to you. Those kinds of things were new for us. We weren't really thinking about tools that could help with that. Um, so, Justin, I know the district had worked long and hard on a vision for technology, starting with the iPods, if I remember correctly, a long time right. ago. Yep. So, uh, <laughs> we say we fail a thousand times before we actually fail forward, right? Um, every time we do a new device, we learn a new tool. We're now fully um, iPads because of, you know, how robust those tools are and they can be movable for problem-based learning classrooms. If you want to go to the outdoor classrooms at each of our schools, you can take them with you. You know, we feel like learning is on the move. Mm -hmm. So, Justin, think about how we began to vision what we wanted for schools, where we started with, like, computer labs and iPods. Right idea, right? But moved more toward making the technology pieces a tool and the learning, the, the emphasis, what did we put in place that really helped us prepare for that pandemic, even though we didn't know it was coming? What are some things that we had already done that we didn't have to kind of flip and, and switch? Sure. Um, so, you know, our, for our focus on, on the network side has been wireless for many years now. And so we, uh, as a district, as an administrative team, decided that, you know, our infrastructure budget needs to be focused on that wireless technology. And so the... Uh, the change there is really, again, less computer labs, more access points. So it 
it, it's really just a matter of all right, our our technology and our network closets are it's not it's not taking up as much space there because most of that infrastructure is being pulled to the classroom. Mm. So those cables are being pulled to the classroom. These devices are connecting wirelessly instead of being wired into the room. So we need less port space in the uh, in the classrooms and uh, less port space in the server rooms. And so all of that money gets shifted to that wireless tech. And so when I've uh, priced out our upgrades in the last 10 years, it's been wireless focused. Yeah. And so the state had a big push about getting wireless in every classroom. I feel like we were ahead of that curve. Uh, we had an AP in every classroom before many districts in the state did. And I think that that's just due to our, our good planning and use of budget and use of government dollars that provided that 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 to us. Yeah, what a great point. And it's interesting when people come to visit us and they're touring, they're like, you have much better connectivity than we do. And, you know, in a small district, yes, it's easier to do that, but it's really all about percentage of workers, right? Mm -hmm. If I have three people and one of those works on the infrastructure, you know, a larger district may have a team of those. It's still the kind of same, it's the vision piece, you know, and using your dollars correctly. Are there other tools that you all can think of or trainings we had done that were like really helpful when we jumped into this situation that new leaders could really think about, you know, here's some things I need to put in place before another crisis happens. And it could be something, we've talked about it before, like a gas leak where they're out for a week or a weather situation where you have a hurricane and they're out for a month. Um, what are some things that you guys can think of that really needed to be in place? Um, I think everyone having a remote device, one-to-one, -one, even staff. Because we had a lot of staff that had to go home and they didn't have a laptop at that time. Had to take the whole computer home with them. And all that's changed now. So I think we learned that. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah. I think we also, um, we really learned a lot. And I think we, we did it well at the time, and we do it even better now, um, thinking through like a blended model um, where our students, they know how to learn independently, but they're not constantly learning from the device. So the device yeah. is not meant for consumption. Um, I think focusing on different ways to engage our learners. So when they're learning at home, they're not just reading. They're not just watching videos. They're not just doing practice questions. They get all these different ways to engage, and then they have opportunities um, to show what they learned. And our teachers have really found good strategies for formative assessment using technology tools. Um, there are so many different apps that are available, paid, free. Um, they're they're everywhere where students can create a video, um, give an audio response. It doesn't always have to be text. It doesn't always have to be paper, pencil, but there's space for that too. And I think the blended model is something that, that we learned was really valuable during that time. Like you said, we had the synchronous opportunities for students to engage with their teachers in their classroom, but then they had all these activities that they did. On Seesaw, they might watch a video of their teacher reading a book. They might also draw a picture of what they learned about um, or create their own recording. So opportunities to, to learn in different ways um, is is something that we went into the pandemic knowing how to do, but I think came out much stronger. Yes, and I think our teachers were kind of affirmed, like, go ahead and jump in and do this thing we've been training on, you know, this partnership with Apple that we've been doing, it's coming to life whether you like it or not. Um, it, it really taught us that technology is not the primary driver for learning. 
It's just the tool for connection. You know, it connects you either to ideas or information that you have to have when you need to look it up, or it connected us to our teacher. It connects you to other people in the classroom, you know, but it's not the primary driver. We still needed to learn through interaction, and that just gave us a tool to do that. So kind of as we wrap up, if you were to go back to your younger self right before this hit, what would you tell yourself? And don't say run like crazy, get out. <laughs> I had a superintendent a year ago, I'm out, we're not doing this, yeah. <laughs> I'm gone. Uh, what would you tell yourself before you got in there? Because we were all kind of fearful and panicked. Mm -hmm. um, how could you avoid being fearful and panicked the next time a, a, some kind of crisis hits? I, I, would, I would say that um, not knowing that we were going to go fully remote right before we did, I wish I was better prepared to send devices home. Like, uh, I, feel, I feel like now, you know, we can just send devices home on the fly. It's not a big deal, and we do. We do Snow it, days or yeah, whatever, we do, yeah. yeah. We, we yeah. do it in every school. Um, you know, my encouragement to any other district, uh, if they're not prepared for that yet, is to go ahead and prepare themselves for that. Make sure that your devices can leave the building and they're still protected. Make sure that your classrooms can handle simultaneous streams to homes as well as teach in person. I think those were the two things that we that we did right that made it work. Yeah, that's training great. was huge. Yeah, yeah, huge. And one to one iPads is huge. <laughs> we should put <laughs> that in there. Everybody good iPads. Yes. Uh, if you're not convinced, because I don't think people were convinced when I came to them when I said it is huge. I've been to Cupertino, and I think we're going to go to iPads. They all looked at me like, yeah, sure. <laughs> but huge. it is huge. You want to talk about why? Because the districts who are trying to debate, you know, which device to use, why why iPads? Well, in, in my experience, and, and Justin can elaborate on this, but uh, being able to manage a lot of things from the back end and having students assigned to each device, you know, you can track those, you can you can just do a lot of things from the backside, push apps, um, yeah. reinstall apps, wipe a device, yeah. um, put it in lost mode if it's lost and people can't find it so it doesn't get stolen, just a lot of, lot of perks to that. Yeah, yeah I, I'm a big fan of, of the expanded inventory options that we have now. And as, as far as our asset management, we're able to easily identify if we find a, an iPad laying around, we can assign it. We, we can quickly get it back to the user. Uh, we just didn't have any of those things in place before. And so you, you were speaking earlier about positives out of COVID. I mean, I feel like our whole structure of how we do things has improved because yes. of it. I think the accessibility features um, of the iPads have changed the game for a lot of mm -hmm. students um, in a way that some of the other devices we have used couldn't. Yeah. Um, things that teachers used to have to do themselves to adapt learning for unique learning styles and abilities, the device can do for them and it can do it better. Yeah. Um, I think that on the, on the instructional side of things, accessibility is huge with iPads. And then the other thing is just the ability for students to create. Um, some devices are more geared towards consumption, yeah. but iPads have a lot of different opportunities for students to, to become creators of technology, just not just consumers. Yeah, so one of the mm -hmm. things that the leadership trend was that they said they would tell themselves before they went into COVID is, you have the skills to get through this. And I think you guys had the skills to get through this. And you didn't know it at the time. 
<laughs> but now if you really look back, you did amazing things throughout that whole, really, two years. And our students benefited from you guys being problem solvers, not jumping ship, <laughs> jumping in there. And really, I don't remember anybody getting too upset with each other throughout that whole thing because we were so focused on our why, which was the children. It was all about the kids for, I mean, it is now too, and I think we, we always say, is this going to be the best thing for kids? But for you to dig deep and say in the next crisis, you know, whatever that may be, let's hope it's not as major as a worldwide pandemic, that you have the skills to do it. And depending on each other, learning from other districts, and using every tool we had, we jumped in there and did it. And I'm real proud of you guys. I thank you for being on here. I think these, thank you. Thank these you. tools today are going to be really good for a learner um, out there that may be just starting. But think about these tools. Call us if you want to, you know, look at the iPads. We're not salesmen. We don't make any money on that. We're just saying, you know, this is something we found out. Um, these guys do a great job every day, and I'm glad that the technology team was able to jump on the Voices of Courage because they sure were Voices of Courage during this time.